The following program is underwritten in part by World's Best Cat Litter. You love your cat, but you don't love the litter box mess. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter and get a cleaner litter box with less hassle and less litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. That's the number to get in touch with Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani. Joey answering your grooming questions, Dr. Debbie with your vet medical questions. And uh, I believe Ladybug, again, for the new year, is taking calls again. So this is nice. She, she's taken a few weeks off. I noticed she uh, hadn't been hogging the phones. But if your dog wants to talk to Ladybug, same number. She's ready. She, she is ready to uh, answer any questions about humans. She knows a lot about humans. And <laughs> Wait a minute. No, no. <laughs> Not going there. Okay. Bring human, me back. Human behavior. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Well, there was uh, a story that we talked about last year about an alligator. I mean, he was a rescue alligator. Uh-huh. A pet alligator. Yeah, mm-hmm. that his mom rescued. And he was uh, taken away from his home because different reasons. But now the case has been resolved. And we're going to update you on that, and we'll give you a little history on how this alligator has become um, like a clothing-wearing ATV pet. I saw this. ATV riding pet, I should say. They're dressing this alligator up in clothing, in human clothing, or what appears to be human clothing. I'm sure it's been (laughs) tailored for an alligator. (laughs) A little bit. He's got a broad chest. (laughs) Can you imagine taking the shirt in? Can you adjust this for my alligator? Yeah, shorten the the arm's length. So the alligator's making news, and we'll find out what it is in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. This hour, we're also going to find out about the brand new drive-thru restaurant for dogs and dogs only called Bane Invaders Doggy Drive-Thru in Eastern Pennsylvania, uh, where they serve only doggy food. Uh, you drive through just like a normal fast food restaurant, except you can't order a double double for you because they only serve the dogs. And this is good if you're one of those people that does that already. You go through the drive through with your dog in the back, and then they're like sticking their head out the window to the cash register because they, they smell all that good food. Mm-hmm. Then you end up buying them some of this horrible, horrible food that you shouldn't be eating and then feeding it to them. Just, no more. Right. We call it the magic window. Yeah, the window <laughs> like, Really? You pull it there and food comes out? <laughs> Let's uh, go to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. And let's go to Blair. Hey, Blair, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm actually in Camden, Maine right now. Camden, Maine? Doing? Yeah. Is it cold? Oh, it, hey, it's not just cold. It is freezing when you go outside just right now. And I actually... When I went outside, to tell you the truth, sir, I went outside, I saw a dog with the lady, and I asked the lady, is your dog freezing right now? Is your dog cold? And she said, yeah, my dog's cold, but he's fine. But, you know, I'm going to bring my dog Murphy to this cold weather, freezing cold weather. But he'll be fine. He might get a little cold, might get a little chill. But a dog's got to get used to it, right? Sure. Well, you could uh, dress him up. 
Put a coat on him. Yeah, yeah. That, that's put what. A, put a coat on him. You're right. Yeah. If you're cold, yeah. chances are your dog's cold. Yeah. And some dogs don't tolerate cold as well as other breeds. So, for instance, the short-haired breeds, uh, little Chihuahuas, uh, some of the small Terriers, they don't have a thick hair coat, so they really will get cold much faster and will not survive outside very well at all. So you you don't want to leave them out very long. Get them in, get them out, do their potty, and uh, let them stay close to the fire and uh, cuddled up on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> So what's going on with your dog? My dog right now is actually at a um, like a babysitter kind of place. We boarded him, so my dog's over there right now. So nothing's going on with him. But the question was, when I was at home, is if you have a chip in your dog, like I put a chip, if I put a chip in my dog, and my dog was running away, and we couldn't get to him, we couldn't find him, and he ran away into the canyon, how would I um, end up? Being able to get them or find them with the chip. Do I have to, like, Mm -hmm. is there any way to get the, uh, in the chip? Is there any way to locate him? That's my question to the animal. Yeah. That's a great question, Blair. And I think a lot of people have mistaken assumptions about microchips. They are great things and they can save lives and help get pets back to their pet owners. But there's some things they are not. Um, to this time, right now, there is not yet a microchip on the market that has a, say, a GPS tracking ability. There was some talk of it about a year or two ago that there was a company in the works. But there's really not a chip that's implanted under the skin that you can use to track your pet. Now, there are collars um, and some other types of chips you can affix to the collar um, that will allow you to um, use GPS tracking. And I use those for my dogs when I'm up in kind of the, some of the remote areas so that should they get spooked or run away that um, I'll be able to track them. Um, but your microchip is not going to allow you to do that. It will help if, you know, the dog is um, runs away, is picked up by somebody and goes to either a veterinarian, a shelter, or another animal care facility that has a microchip scanner where they detect that microchip. So it's only used so, for identification is what you're saying? It is. So it's a passive technology. It's not active. You can't, you know, stand there and with your computer or your, your phone track your dog. And part of the reason is, is at this time, the technology isn't available in the size of a little ra- uh, grain of rice. Um, there needs to be an actually um, something that generates the electricity or the energy to, to do that. And then also kind of the unit and the antenna and all that. So right now, technology is not there. Um, maybe someday we will have that, and that would be super uh, a fine thing as long as it's safe. And I think that's the other thing is a lot of people worry about implanting something that generates heat or has some kind of moving part that that could pose more of a health risk. And I think we just have to look at that closely when we get the technology. Mm. So, Blair, you could get one of those collars, those GPS collars that they wear on the outside, and that probably would help you identify where the dog is at. You know, if I lost my Cocker Spaniel, I would be not too thrilled right now because I would need them in Camden, Maine, or wherever I move to out in the freezing cold right now because I would love him to be with me because mm-hmm. I would not be happy. Anybody would not be happy to lose their dog. That's Anybody right. would want to come oh, up gosh. with something to have their dog back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, this this is not just a, a one one trick answer. So we need to use multiple different techniques. So we use a collar with a tag. Um we use a microchip. And then, you know, for my dogs, I, I have three things. Uh, I have a microchip, I have a tag, and I have a, a GPS tracking collar on them. 
So those are the things that I use. Um, so hopefully, you know, you can use those same things and also, you know, close supervision, you know, making sure we do what we can as pet owners, not to allow our pets to roam um, and to be under constant um, owner supervision. Keep them on a leash would be the best thing. You know, some I see a lot of people by my house do not keep their pets on a leash. You mm-hmm. got to keep yeah. those pets on a leash. You got to try to keep them on a leash. People do yeah. not do that enough. They don't keep their pets yeah. on a leash, and that's how they get loose. Mm. Yeah. Well, you sound like a great pet guardian, and that you're obviously checking into this to make sure you don't lose it. Check out uh, on Google. You can uh, just Google GPS pet collars or dog, collar. dog collars, and you can find out a lot more about that. Blair, stay warm, and thank you so much for calling today. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, Don. Hi. What's up? What's up? I have a question. Okay. For the vet. She's right here. I have, a, I have a cat. Well, actually, I have two cats. I have an older cat uh, that's about 14 years old, and I have a cat that's about a year, almost a year and a half old. And this cat was a throwaway. Um, she came to me at about four weeks old, a little too early. Um, and she was also the runt of the litter. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but she refuses to have her claws clipped without what I would consider abuse <laughs> to the animal. <laughs> and, okay. I mean, I, I literally have to, like, grab her and put her between my legs and squeeze her little paws, and I don't <laughs> want to do it. it. It hurts me more than it hurts her. Okay. All right. So it's not going well, and I'm assuming you're wanting to find out the way to do this, the trick, yes. right? The, the trick. <laughs> okay. The, the, the easy way is she doesn't howl like the devil. Okay. The first thing that I'm going to say is that she's a cat, not a dog. So we have to approach cats a bit differently when we want to train them to accept some something that they might find unpleasant. So you really need to small little bits. Try not to try to overpower her physically because that never goes over well with cats. In the veterinary world, it always ends up in a no-world situation. <laughs> so you come at it and you, in the cat's eyes, go slowly. And I would say some soft restraint is helpful. And that was, just my, kind that of was pr- my last resort. I mean, I, I tried um, from from a very young kitten, I tried of just approaching her, you know, when she was sleeping and doing a little bit, and and she would just rip, pull her hands away without any, okay. you know, with the slightest uh, nippers near her. Okay. <laughs> she saw, and, she and saw that's what. Coming. That's where we need to focus our attention. Before you even pull those clippers out, we need to use paw therapy. So basically, that is what your job is. You may need to take her to the veterinarian to get the nails trimmed or to the groomer. Um, but at this time, your job is to make her like you touching her feet. And that should be the only thing you try to do. So trimming her nails is not going to be on the close horizon then. That's going to mean getting some of her favorite treats. That's going to mean getting what she likes. Does she like to be brushed? Does she like chin rubs? Those are the things you want to do at the time that you touch her feet or even approach them. Do not go further than that step until she finds that somewhat okay. If you try to push it and start restraining her and holding those feet and squeezing the nail, she's not going to go for it. Eventually, we hope to get to that point and make that more more pleasant for her. When you do get to that point, my number one tips for actually trimming the nails in cats are that a lot of people don't hold the nail still enough. So you need to hold your thumb and forefinger on the actual base of the nail, squeeze so that claw comes out, and you cut quickly and sharply with a nice, sharp set of toenail trimmers. Your preference. I usually like the little scissor handle versus the guillotine ones. 
I would not advise using the vibrating trimmers for this kitty because it does not sound like that would be anything she'd even entertain. And some people will even use just large human toenail nippers if the kitties have real small or um, narrow nails. That might even be an option. But that may be weeks or months down the road for you. So remember, don't push it. And you really want to make this a pleasant experience. Reward her with those little baby steps along the way. So best of wish with you there, Dawn. I know it's a hard thing. Cats are not dogs, so let's not treat them like one. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals Canned Food for Dogs and Cats. Did you know it's always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health? We can attest to that. We've seen massive changes in Tigger's, the studio cat, once she started this food. If you want to learn more about it, head on over to redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. Hey everybody, this is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say, you, right now, want to take, wait, give me the line again, my brain skip. Uh, Brett Michaels. I just had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, don't do that, don't do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me, go ahead. Animal Radio, Brett Michaels Animal Radio. You got it, I knew the Animal Radio, like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels, you're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets, they will rock your world. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, and we always like starting off the new year with brand new radio stations, radio affiliates from across the country. We welcome KZWY in Sheridan, Wyoming, and Billings, Montana. Thank you for joining. And by the way, to my left, I have Dr. Debbie. Uh, to my right, Joey Volani. In the newsroom over there, Lori Brooks, uh, Judy Francis answering your phone calls. And uh, kind of, she's like an air traffic director. She, uh, air traffic <laughs> controller is what she does. Yeah, we cease to exist without Judy. Yes, that yeah. is that is so true. If they could just see me waving my hands and doing all this, like, cuts and all those things with my hand, nobody can see me, like, enough, cut it, cut it. Yeah. Frequently, she'll uh, swing her finger around and tell me to wrap shut up, up and hurry up, wrap, wrap it up. It up. As she is doing right now. Uh, You can ask your questions. Here's a number. You should write it down. Put it on your refrigerator. Toll free 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, Now that we brought everyone up to date here, we'll go back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom for this hour? Well, you know, all eyes are on Washington, D.C. as we you know, are in the new year and going to have a new president pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But are we going to have a presidential pet? Apparently, there has been an offer made, and uh, we'll tell you what that presidential pet might be, okay? Mm, I, I sort of feel sorry for that pet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, again. You are supposed to be a nonpartisan pet representative, How? I don't believe I expressed any partisanship there i just uh <laughs> but I, I distinctly got some um uh, left or right vibes there 
Okay, we'll find out more about that in just a couple of minutes. Joey, what are you working on? Well, it's the new year, so we're going to talk about our quarterly reports, what you need to do to your pets to get them ready and get them healthy and looking good. Well, that's on the way in just a few minutes. Let's go to the phones for your calls right now. Let's see. Let's head to John. Hey, John, how are you doing? Hi. Hi, this is John. Uh, where are you calling from, John? Antelope, California, one town south of Roseville. So what you got going on? Well, I got a little puppy, six months old, and she's a miniature poodle, and she's sweet as can be. We're worried about feeding her ice cream. We don't know anything about that sort of thing. Okay. You're, you're worried about it? Is she currently eating ice cream? Yeah, we feed her a dollop once in a while. Vanilla. Okay. So you're looking to ask me for permission to give your dog ice cream. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Will it hurt her? Well, it depends. Um, there are certainly dogs that are, have very sensitive stomachs and veering from their uh, regular diet can upset their system. The interesting thing that people need to recognize is that dogs and cats, a good majority of them, are actually lactose intolerant. Um, so that's something to think about when we start offering them different um, dairy products, that that can cause some dietary upset. And it may not be a life-threatening illness, but, you know, we might talk about excess gas, soft stools, maybe some vomiting. Um, as a child, I can tell you my dog, uh, he definitely dined on uh, cleaning the uh, ice cream bowl, <laughs> a regular occurrence. So a little bit probably is not going to be a big deal. But in general, there's a lot of fat in ice cream and calories that we really just don't need to do. So I, I'm not going to give you that clearance to say it's okay to give ice cream. It would just be something I would try to discourage. That, that's interesting. The local young man at a pet store suggested I put some uh, peanut butter in uh, wet, wet dog food and freeze it and then like, give them that. Well, that can be kind of a fun treat, but I would say rather than put it in the food, frozen peanut butter can be very useful when we're uh, trying to get dogs to uh, be occupied, chew on toys. So you can take a little bit of peanut butter, stick it inside a Kong or another kind of chewing toy and keep them occupied. I don't want to just give dogs food. That really, it's it's pretty ungratifying. I mean, yes, they, they like to eat it and it's yummy, but it doesn't really occupy their mind or their chewing instinct. So... I like the frozen peanut butter in a toy. I don't like throwing it in the bowl. That's just, it's not letting a dog be a dog. One last, one, well, two last okay. questions. I just got told yesterday that it's dangerous to feed dog grapes. Grapes? Yes, that's actually true. Um, grapes and raisins have the potential to cause kidney failure in dogs. And it's very true. And, and that's another thing where people will say, I've done it before and my dog is perfectly fine. It's something they are looking at. They don't know really what the toxic principle is, but it can happen. So do not feed grapes or raisins to your dogs. Thank you, Debbie. And what about chocolate? Chocolate. Oh, that's another one. Chocolate's a no-no. And um, small amounts aren't likely to be toxic, but you can certainly get a taste. They'll develop a taste for chocolate. And my own dear Labrador had ingested several pounds of chocolate items and had the world's worst chocolate toxicity. He had heart arrhythmias, uh, vomiting. It, it was a really bad state. So it can be toxic in large amounts. So um, I don't like to do it at all. Uh, okay, we don't do that. We just feed your vanilla, a little scoop of vanilla, a tiny little tablespoonful. Yeah, and there's so many, you know, fun, kind of healthy dog treats out there that can be flavored like chocolate, but they really don't contain chocolate. So if you feel the urge to give something like that, you can always reach to the to the pet store to find something. I, Thank you, Debbie. I remember the uh, the uh, peanut butter that wasn't really peanut butter. It's dog peanut butter. Dog butter is what they call it. 
from yeah. dog for dog, which yes. is much Especially better. Formulated and healthier for dogs. Good for them. So you might check that out. We have a list over at the website at animalradio.com. Oh, Foods okay. you should not feed your dog, which uh, <laughs> includes, of course, grapes and raisins. Thank you for listening, John. I appreciate your call today. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you very much. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to connect with our dream team here at Animal Radio. Can I feed a pistachio nuts? What about caviar? Yeah. Caviar? What's is that good? Is that okay? I feed them shrimp. Do I take the little legs off? What do I do? You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the dream team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. A philanthropist wants to do something to make the Trump White House a little bit more like those of the past. She wants Donald Trump to have a presidential pet. Now, we've talked about this before, but this is a specific offer. You see, every president in the last 150 years has had pets in the White House. I mean, we have seen dogs, cats, parrots, sheep, horses, bear cubs, even a pygmy hippo, and an alligator living in the White House. By the way, it was John Quincy Adams who let an alligator live in a White House bathroom. That was just what I was thinking. President Obama, though, we talked about this, didn't have any pets when he was elected, but then that changed when they got Bo, who was a gift from the late Senator Ted Kennedy. And then later, Sonny, and, and both of them are Portuguese water dogs. Hal, did you say something? Uh, no, I didn't. I was just amazed at the alligator in the White House. <laughs> but here's what's going on with this. There was a, a recent gala down at Mar-a-Lago, which raised money to benefit the American Humane Association. And it was hosted by the very wealthy Lois Pope. If you don't know who Lois Pope is, she is a philanthropist and also happens to be the widow of the guy who founded the National Enquirer. Oh. So she announced at this this ball that they were giving Patton, a two-and-a-half-month-old golden retriever kind of poodle-mixed puppy, to the Trumps, and that she had left them with a certificate for the pup, who, by the way, is the descendant of military service dogs, and named after General George Patton, who is a favorite of Trump's. Now, Pope made the announcement saying, from President Washington to President Obama, of course, she has a much more elegant voice than I do. Um, the White House has always been home to our four-legged friends, she went on. And we look forward to Patton upholding this long-standing American tradition to have a first dog in the White House. Well, Pope said that the president-elect was actually given a certificate that officially presented the dog to him. But sadly, we haven't officially heard that the Trump family will be adopting Patton. But we will keep you posted on this. Well, following months of negotiations with uh, state officials in Florida, a woman named Mary Thorne has been given a permit that is now going to allow her to keep her pet alligator 
Rambo is his name. And uh, Rambo, she says, is fully house trained and not a normal gator. You see, last month she was told that she was going to have to find another home for Rambo. We told you about this story uh-huh. because state officials had said that he had grown much too large to remain on her property in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, around that town, he's known for sporting, you know, fun outfits and, you know, cute clothes and, and riding an ATV. Since Thorne adopted Rambo, that was more than 10 years ago, he's now over six feet long. And there's been a change in the law down there that has added a permit stipulation that requires gators who are that big or larger to live on property where they have at least two and a half acres of open space, which Thorne didn't have. So a um, little background here. Before Rambo was rescued by this woman, he had lived in, in a crowded tank in a dark closet with four other alligators. Mm. And it was those living conditions that made him ultra sensitive to light. In fact, all of them. And they were kind of skittish around other animals as well. So then Mary Thorne rescues these gators, all five of them, and brings them home. Um, she tried leaving them outside to become normal alligators, but they couldn't handle the sun and they weren't the healthiest and they began to die. And Rambo was the only one of those five that survived. So now Rambo is dressed in clothing yeah. and you might think that's silly, but it's actually to protect him from the sun. And, uh, his mother, uh, human mother mostly keeps him indoors. But the State Wildlife Commission has uh, changed their mind. They have ended up issuing her a personal pet license, which allows her to keep Rambo, but it does not allow him to be out in public for classes or even charity events like he used to do. Well, he dresses up, and that's, you, you mentioned this, and there's a lot of great pictures online of this alligator mm-hmm. that is dressed in clothing that I can't imagine how mom puts the clothing on and doesn't get a, a limb taken <laughs> off. But, uh, well, you know, she said that, that they had, you know, when they had the all five of the gators, that after four of the others died and Rambo was the only one left, she's like, you know, something's got to change in this situation. So she, you know, kept him inside. They just started cuddling him and treating him like a baby. He's totally adapted and is, is a pet, a house gator. But isn't, it, isn't it weird that it, that it won't adapt back to the light? Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Yeah, because they have really thick skin, but... I, I don't know. Yeah. I only know what people tell me, Joey. <laughs> well, you, you, you know um, what? At first, I was at first I was going to say it's it's crazy, and and you know, it reminded me of that 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 chimpanzee that that woman had as a pet, and said it was perfectly fine. But you know, I guess I guess you, you like look like any other pet lover. I feel sorry for them that um that it was abused and and had to go through right. this. So yeah, right. Gators are pretty popular in Florida. I mean, they're. They can be on your lawn. They can show up on your lawn. If you live in Tampa or Sarasota, any of those areas there, wow. they will show up on your lawn. So it's, it's interesting that she had to get that licensed. Yeah. There's, but, a, there's just so many questions we have. I think I'm going to try to get her on the show. So many questions, so yeah, little no. time. We're gonna, I'm going to try to get her. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't have done the story if it hadn't involved the clothing? state wildlife officials. Oh, I thought it was um, the clothing. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I, I am kind of fond of animals and clothing. But, yeah, so. me too. Uh, here's another Another one of those stories, as a matter of fact, guys. Um, Polly, the rescue goat, suffers from anxiety, which a lot of people do. But Polly deals with it by wearing a duck suit, which is really pajamas, a kind of costume that makes her feel secure. Um <laughs> Roro, <laughs> he, want, he wants a duck costume. We're hearing too. about a goat. <laughs> oh. Okay, 
After Little Polly was rescued by Goats of Anarchy, it's a New Jersey-based rescue organization that they care for neurologically challenged baby goats. Um, they had Polly seen by, I guess, a, a pet psychiatrist, and she was diagnosed with mental anxiety. So Polly um, was, you know, comforted at that time when she had all this anxiety and feeling so nervous. They swaddled her like you would a baby uh-huh. in a blanket, and and her her caregiver figured, hey, I, you know, I, maybe a costume would do the same thing, or pajamas is what it actually is. And that's when she started treating Polly's anxiety attacks by zipping her up in this cozy little duck pajama suit. <laughs> And um, she has received, you know, like Joey was talking about, some online criticism from viewers thinking that the suit would cause more anxiety rather than cure it. Um, but they insist that Polly is really a special case with special needs, and she's doing really well. And you can follow her and all of her happy adventures. i got to tell you, she's adorable. Mm-hmm. And in that duck suit, there's nothing cuter. <laughs> uh, well, she is on the Instagram and Twitter pages of the Goats of Anarchy. I'm going to play psychiatrist here because I think I did it. Did I? Well, I'm going, I'm going to think I am. Go ahead. It's probably like a thunder jacket. Oh, like a thunder yeah, shirt. Yes. Exactly. Yes, and where 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 you know it's it's that 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 security um you know tight safety blanket. And I bet you I bet you it works the same way. Oh, I have an idea. I'm thinking the thunder shirt is just such a drab looking thing. Now we should uh, make, make the duck thunder shirt. Thunder duck. Yeah. Yes, thunder duck. <laughs> thunder duck. Yes, the animal the radio thunder duck um and anti anxiety goat outfit. <laughs> there you go. Trademark that. I love you guys. Um. I'm Lori Brooks, by the way. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. And Lori looks great in clothes, too. She really does. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Put on your duck suit, Lori. Quack, quack, quack. (laughs) Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Hey, it's Alan Cable. Today we're going to talk about dog behaviors, the most common ones that people have to deal with. Number one, barking. Most dogs bark. That's just a fact of life. But if your dog is barking all the time, before you can correct it, you got to find out what's causing it. There's a lot of different reasons. Sometimes your dog is bored or he's anxious. Sometimes he's barking at other dogs or warning someone to stay away. And sometimes he's just playing or excited. Once you figure out why your dog barks, you can start to deal with it. I'll tell you one thing. A happy dog is a tired dog. Make sure your dog gets plenty of extra. Exercise. Don't pay attention to your dog when your dog's barking. Don't pet them, hug them, give them treats, feed them any of that stuff because that encourages your dog to keep barking. That says, hey, I'm doing a good thing here. Yelling at your dog doesn't work either because, again, you're giving your dog attention and that may make them bark even more. What you want to do is when your dog is barking, give your dog a quick correction. You can clap, say the word quiet very sternly, quiet. 
or have a collar and a leash on and just give them a little jolt, a little snap of the wrist. And while you're doing this, again, use the word quiet. As soon as your dog starts being quiet, you say, good dog. Even give your dog a treat. In general, you want to give your dog affection and reward when your dog is calm and quiet. That encourages your dog to be mellow. You want to reward your dog for behaving the way you want and ignore and correct your dog when your dog's behaving the way you don't want him to. Don't rile your dog up to, oh, good dog, good dog, and pet him like crazy. You just want to say good dog and be mellow yourself. Here's another dog behavior people have to deal with, chewing. That's a natural behavior for dogs, but you want to teach your dog what to chew, or else your dog will rip your house apart. The most common reasons dogs chew things is because they get bored, or they get anxious, they have anxiety, they're curious, because that's how dogs learn about the world, or they're a puppy and they're teething. So you got to be there, and as soon as your dog makes a move to chew the wrong thing, like your favorite shoe, you give him a quick correction with the word no, and then stick something in his mouth he's allowed to chew. Then when he chews it, you say, good dog. You know, it's a lot like training a husband. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Do you have a office cat? No, I don't. No. I actually don't think it. I don't believe in them. For me, I don't like it because a lot of times some cats will be ticked off by the sight of other cats. So I don't want my patients being pissed off before I see them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I want my cats to come in the door as calm as possible without having other uh, feline influences along the way. I imagine it's hard enough with having dogs and cats. And I have some clients that are allergic. So they have to go into the dog-only rooms, and if they're in a room with a cat, um, you know, they, they can have really bad problems, starting to respiratory problems, scratching, and um, so it, it's, you know, mm. it has its place, but not for me. I think you're the only vet that doesn't have a, a house cat or an office cat. <laughs> Maybe. I love it when I walk into a store and there's like an office cat or a store cat. Oh, it just I, makes you feel at home and, and welcoming. I go right to it. I think the ideas of the cat cafes that they have in uh, Japan just... I love that idea. Yeah, Go grab a cup of coffee. I think in L.A. too. They're I, here in. The I think States. they're here in the yeah. states. Yeah. Uh, in New York, there's a lot of places where you go, and there's a shop cat. And, That's in fact, awesome. there's a book called Shop Cats of New York, and we welcome Tamar Arslanian to the show. Hi, Tamar. How are you? Hi. I'm doing well. How is everyone? Awesome. Tell us about the book Shop Cats. You've, you've spent a lot of time, I assume, photographing animals, cats in particular, all around the New York area. Yes, well, actually, I teamed up with a, a young up-and-coming Instagram photographer for the photography. Um, the, the book was my concept, and the stories in it um, are my stories, my writing, uh, because I started uh, with a blog called I Have Cats, Single in the City with Cats, about seven or eight years ago. And we had an, I had an agent approach me, and I didn't have an idea for a book. And so I came up with this idea purely based on the fact that in my own neighborhood, um, I have two shop cats. One is a wine store cat named Jack, who's actually chapter number one in this book. I didn't pick that he read chapter number one, but he was. And then another one called Kitty at my Pilates studio. And my friends 
and just other people because I was a cat blogger would always share with me different stores that they had found in the area that had cats. And so, you know, I started to look to see if such a book existed. And while there were articles about them and some older books that referred to them as working cats, which we can get into if you like, but the ones I found weren't very much working They weren't cats. working. <laughs> well, a lot of them have titles, don't they? Some of the, Mostly queen and king. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one in the book that was a uh, customer therapist and another one that was an assistant buyer. Yes, yes. They they also are, are like head social media, you know, they have actual Twitter handles or whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and honestly, they don't seem to be the best mousers in the world. Uh, I was told quite a few stories of, you know, they'll alert us to a mouse, you know, or watch a mouse scurry past. But uh, that's why I didn't like the word working cat. And I, I think it just didn't represent the cats that I met very well. They were sort of more mascots or you know in charge <laughs> or you know but they definitely didn't seem to be working there was uh the bookstore cat that did uh, did a little bit of work can you tell the listeners about that so there were uh are you speaking of tiny perhaps the one who almost killed a live chicken yeah that one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean he does work he works in his own way he he is a bit of a hunter he's he has a wild side to him and uh Tiny has has been featured in a lot of different publications and magazines and whatnot. And it's funny because apparently people will come in with their dogs and they'll say, don't worry, my dog likes cats. And they're like, be careful, our cat does not like dogs. Uh And if you start to see him lurking around, he's stalking you and your dog. But there was one episode apparently uh, that they have story time in the the bookstore. And they didn't realize that this person that was telling the story was going to have a little surprise at the end of the story. And apparently this person had a cloak on this whole time and whipped out a live chicken from under his cloak. And, of course, the kids were thrilled. <laughs> and so it was Tiny. And apparently he, like, totally was, like, coming in for the kill, and the chicken was whisked away, like, just, like, in the gif of, you know, in the nick of time, or else these kids may have needed a little counsel, post-traumatic stress counseling, you know. Oh, whoops. What do you yeah. think? People walk into a store, they see a cat. What do you think uh, the general impression is? Honestly, I think, except for, you know, recently there was a big outburst on, on uh, the Internet, right? Somebody complained about a cat in a bodega. Um, and then the world came out against her, and it was unmashable and everything. I think except for maybe a few people like that, I think people really think, like, wow, the person, I think it gives just a little more dimensionality. It makes you think about the the manager and the people there as being more loving and caring. Now, whether or not it's all true, I don't know, but, you know, sometimes the people I met, I I felt that they were very warm and they were very, you know, they loved their animals. So I think it just gives a nice warm feeling to the place to the, to the business it makes you want to frequent it versus perhaps another one that doesn't have a store cat and it makes you realize perhaps they they appreciate these little sentient beings and it just makes the place cozier and i don't know it imbues i think a lot of traits upon the store and the management um, whether or not they're there <laughs> I'm always drawn. If I go into a store and see a cat, I am just drawn to it, and that makes me want to frequent the store more mm-hmm. often. It instantly puts you at ease. It does. It's very relaxing. Some people mentioned that it was also a nice way to start a conversation yeah. in the city, especially where that's not always easy. It looks like a great, fun book for any cat lover. It's called Shop Cats of New York. How many cats are featured in it? We have, uh, I think it's 38 shops, but 40 cats. 
I have uh, 10 copies to give away right now, toll-free at 1-866-405-8405, the book called Shop Cats of New York. We'll put all the information over at AnimalRadio.com. Tamar, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for your time. And you know, we're in reprint, so you have first edition copies, I think. Reprint? So. Really? It's doing that well. We're in reprint, so and it was offline until today, and we're back in stock, so it's a, it's a hot commodity. So. <laughs> Beautiful coffee table book. It really, really is. Thank you for joining us. We're going to head back to the phones toll-free for your calls for Dr. Debbie and Joey Volani next, right here on Animal Radio. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with canine caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And this hour, we're going to talk about that new drive through for dogs only. In fact, we'll have one of the owners on the show in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. We'll be taking your calls first, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. If you're uh, dieting, like we're all di- we're all dieting right now, aren't we? <laughs> uh, this, is what you do. this is re- it's yeah. ridiculous. The amount of sweets and just carbs uh, and ugh. you try to stay away from it, but everybody brings it into the office. I know it's just so tempting. And then you have to you know you have to eat some of their home baked goods in front of them, so they'll see. <laughs> So I've uh, literally put on 10 pounds. My cat actually looking pretty good. My dog also looking pretty good. Hopefully your New Year's resolutions, if it was to, well, first of all, if you made a New Year's resolution, come on, haven't you learned? You don't keep those things anyway. But if it is losing weight and your dog joining you with that, we'll be talking about that in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the busy Animal Radio newsroom? We have been busy, so I'm going to kind of slack on this one and just tell you, I'm going to tell you about my favorite story of last year. My favorite story, I think it's the funniest story, and it's also, it's kind of an interactive story where you can take part in it, too. You can be visually stimulated by this thing I'm going to tell you about. I like a... Ooh, maybe that went too far. (laughs) No, no, not yet. (laughs) Let's uh, hit the phones. Are you ready, Dr. Debbie? I'm ready. Let's go to it. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Let's go to Tina. Hey, Tina, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. Where are you today? Uh, in Pennsylvania, in Lambsdale, Pennsylvania. Okay, so that's the uh, east side of Pennsylvania, right? Correct. Do you have a dog? near Philadelphia. Okay, do you have a dog? Uh, yes, I have a little Maltese. He's almost six years old. And um, the problem I'm having with him right now is his breath is absolutely horrible. Ooh. I mean, Ugh, doggy he's breath. Had breath before, but it's it's really really bad, and I don't okay. know what's going on. Okay, and um, has he been to the veterinarian recently? And no, I haven't. Okay, because the number one thing when we pick up um, bad breath in a dog is is dental disease, or more specifically known as periodontal disease, and um, a lot of times that's that first telltale tell sign that we may pick up. 
Um, and we know that by the age of two to three years of age, almost 80% of dogs and cats are going to have some degree of periodontal disease. So that's where if he's not had, or is she? It's a he. Mm-hmm. He. If he's not had regular dental exams or even dental cleanings, then that would be my number one thought of where that odor comes from. Okay. Um, and, and and that would be something that, you know, hopefully we can address, uh, do some dental cleaning and evaluate whether we've got any um, bigger issues where we've got some any tooth loss or, or, or bone issues in the mouth. That's really the first thing. The okay. other things that we look at that cause bad breath um you don't want because they're, they're bigger problems in general. They tend to be things like kidney disease, diabetes, um, right. respiratory infections, cancers, you know, all sorts of other stuff. So really it would behoove you to, you know, see the vet, say, hey, you know, can you check my dog out? Do you think we might have a mouth problem that we need to address? And sometimes veterinarians like myself, we can look at the mouth and give you a pretty good idea. Yeah, we're going to have something we need to address. Sometimes right, we can't. Right. Um, and there are some veterinarians that will use um, a product called or a strip, which is a kind of a quick in the exam room strip that you can kind of wipe on the gums and see if it tests positive. And if it tests positive, then it gives us maybe one more little oomph that says, oh, yes, let's go ahead and move into a dentistry. Um, but, but I would say that if you haven't been, you know, practicing regular dental care at home and seeing your veterinarian every couple, um, you know, every uh, 12 months for a dental cleaning, then that's going to be my big thing. Okay. Yeah. I, he's never had a dental cleaning before and I've tried brushing his teeth, but he doesn't. So for it, you know, I mean, it's not his thing for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, it takes a lot of work. Some of the little dogs can be really tricky. And I'll tell you, my little boss, um, he was a year and a half and we had to pull, I think he pulled four teeth when he was a year and a half of age, um, partly due to crowding and partly uh-huh. due to bad teeth. Um, so oh, these wow. little dogs, they really do move along much faster with tooth-related problems than, say, a large breed dog. Um, So I I would say, um, yeah, definitely that would be something. If you can't do home care, you know, it's less than ideal, but um, there's a lot you can do just by, you know, scheduling regular cleanings. Um, And there's some good chews and things that we can use after we've got that good, clean um, mouth to to try to prevent that buildup from happening quite so quickly. How about those treats that they have out there, like, I don't know, the green treats or something they say are Mm -hmm. good for hygiene, you know, dental hygiene or something, are they recommended or? Yeah, for what I usually recommend to my clients is if you look on any of those products, what we're looking for is um, a seal of approval, and it's the Veterinary Oral Health Council. And it's a council of uh, veterinary dentists that actually have tested these products and looked at to see, does this make some kind of measurable difference? It's not going to be as good as brushing the teeth or having them professionally cleaned, but it can have right. some measurable difference. So um, look for that seal on those type of edible items. Um, okay. Or otherwise, if you buy a product like at your veterinarian, you know, obviously they're going to stock something that's through a veterinary distributor. Um, right, right. Yeah. I, what I just, I try not to have people look at treats and shoes as a replacement for dental care because it's kind of like me saying, I'm going to chew popcorn tonight because I don't feel like brushing my teeth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't exactly. do the same thing. You know, I might get a little bit of some abrasion effect, but it's not really apples and apples. It's different. Right, right. It's not the thing that will mend it all. You, you really exactly. need dental care probably. I, w- I would say very suspicious, very suspicious. Okay. So let me know. Okay. Um, it- it see what happens, and hopefully he gets a clean bill of health, but, you know, may just need a good cleaning because, you know, that's a yeah, source of bacteria that goes. Yeah, and those bacteria in the mouth, they definitely can, you know, spread to the o- other organs, the kidney, the liver, and the heart. So, um, okay. yeah, I would definitely look into it. Mm. 
Okay, sounds great. Well, thank you. I appreciate your help. Hey, thanks for calling, Tina. In just a couple of minutes, in your neck of the woods, we're going to talk to somebody who just opened up a doggy drive-through in Eastern Pennsylvania. Oh. It's a, and they only serve dog food. They don't serve human food. They want you to drive on through wait, with your dog. It's human food, isn't it? Is no, it? it, it no, it's not. It's not human food. It's, it's, it's human food for dogs. Human, isn't okay. it? Yeah, but they won't oh, serve. Oh, wait, wait. Human. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's coming up in just a couple of minutes. We'll find out about it. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. Have Th- a great day. Thanks for calling. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to your dream team. It is actually kind of a mix. They have a, a partnership with Fresh Pet, which is dog food, and then they also serve fruit, uh, human grade fruit, on top of some of these bowls here. You'll find out about it in just a couple of seconds here, right on Animal Radio. I'm such a whack job. No, you were right though. You're not a whack job. <laughs> hey, if you're a whack job, then what am I? A cat job. <laughs> Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. I got Dr. Debbie standing right here. How can she help you? Well, I have a 14 and a half year old uh, cat. He was a feral kitten, and I've raised him. He's a great pet. But I've had problems with his ears probably for the last seven years, and it doesn't seem like we can get anything under control. And I'm not sure if he hasn't been misdiagnosed. Okay. Well, what, what has he been diagnosed with so far? Well, it's started out with ear mites and the treatments were fairly successful depending on what they were. It seemed like a uh, shot controlled them better than the eardrops. But okay. in the last several years, he's developed, um, he's always congested. He has a thick congestion in his nose. It varies from uh, a white thick mucus to yellow to sometimes bloody. Mm, and the last okay. time I had him at the vet, um, she thought maybe it was a malformation of his nose or okay. a tumor. But he always has this black, crusty stuff in his ear. Mm, okay. And, I mean, is the vet able, I mean, this is where I like to look into the radio here. Um, are they able to actually see in your kitty's ear canal, or is there just a lot of gunk in there that they can't really get a good look? There's a lot of gunk in there. And um, I've been used, uh, I think the last drops I got were MitaClear. Okay. And then there was an Octi rinse or something to clean his ear with. But it just it just never goes away. It's always there. Okay. And is he an inside kitty or does he go outside? He's both. He's a farm cat. In the okay. wintertime, he pretty much stays in the house. And in the summertime, he's pretty much out all the time. Okay. All right, well, here's what I would typically do, Karen. When we have, a, especially a chronic ear infection, there's a couple things I would do. Is I would want to make sure we take some nice samples of what that garbage looks like inside the ear and uh-huh. do some things with it. So I put that on slides. I might even culture it. But I definitely want to know more about what we've got. And if I find mites, great, then we'll treat that way. But I wouldn't stop looking because a lot of times we can find bacterial infections along with that or fungal infections. And I want to make sure we get the right medication around there. Now, if we've got a lot of garbage in the ear, one of the main things we may need to do is to get that out of the ear. And that's really hard to do with just squeezing a liquid down the ears and asking you to clean them at home. So um, only thing is age concerns aside with anesthesia, I would talk about doing an anesthetic flush to get the garbage out and to allow us to look inside that ear canal. 
because um, there's a lot of things that might be playing a role deeper down in the ear that we really need to get to the root of. Um, and that's how I would tra- try to manage some of those chronic aspects to an ear infection. Now, you mentioned some other stuff about the congestion and some of this discharge stuff. In some cases, with chronic infections in cats in the ears, we can actually run into a, t- a development of a type of a polyp that grows. Um, it may be, you know, a primary problem. The growth is the underlying issue. But in some cases, it's actually a benign growth that can occur deep inside the ear canal. And in some cases, it actually can come from the ear canal and actually go into the back of the throat or down into the back of the mouth. So some of the concerns of a, a growth back there might not be all that far gone. And uh, that might take some actual anesthetic um, procedures to actually look at that and to try to evaluate that a bit further. But that could be something that might be playing a role to cause both that congestion-type sign and the ear infection. And you know, I guess the other thing is we, we do have an older kitty here, so we have to keep our eyes open for bad teeth as well as, you know, tumor potentials you know, kind of all the way across the board. But but I, I think that I would get a little bit more aggressive as far as getting those samples, getting the ears cleaned, and then seeing if we might have something like a polyp in there. Six-second review starts now. It's a dumb, ill-conceived, predictable sci-fi flick. Passengers is more like poopingers. I'm out. Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit HappylandAudio.com. That's HappylandAudio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. And if you're one of those people that drives through the drive-thru with your dog and end up buying a cheeseburger or some nasty food that you shouldn't even be eating for your dog, you're not alone. And there's a young lady, Amanda Brown. We'll be talking to her in just a few minutes here. She opened up her own business. It's a drive-thru just for dogs. That is so cool. Can't get any human food there. or At least you can't order human food there. But if you have a dog... You can drive through, and apparently she has uh, several different sizes and grain-free and super-sized and all of that stuff. Wow. And uh, we'll find out about that in just a couple of minutes and see what her aspirations for franchising are. Because I'd love to see that out here. Right now it's in eastern the Pennsylvania. Eastern, yeah, I'd love to open one. Yeah, I'm telling you. It'd be cool if you could get a doggy bag from your doggy for yourself. You know, like, <laughs> you, are you going to eat all those kind of <laughs> yeah. fries? <laughs> yeah. Do you mind if I have a few? <laughs> oh. That is so true. Are you going to eat that? (laughs) Uh, We're going to head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. Here's the number. If you haven't written it down yet, go ahead. Write it down now. Put it on the refrigerator or next to the phone. It is toll-free. It doesn't cost you a penny. It is 1-866. Remember to dial 866-405-8405. It doesn't spell anything, but it gets you in touch with Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani. So if you have a question about your pets, uh, they can certainly help you with that. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And uh, let's see. Lori, what are you working on over there for this hour? Well, I dug up a, a new um, survey that the Baylor College of Medicine did about drugs for dogs, like painkilling drugs, mm-hmm. and how... Pet owners are being affected by some heavy-duty drugs that are given to their pets. Huh. 
Okay, that's on the way right it's here. It's not always good, yeah. No, that isn't always good. I have a feeling I know where you're going with this, and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's just downright wrong. Uh, but we'll talk about that in just a couple of minutes right here. Uh, let's say we go to line two. Dr. Debbie? I'm here. Well, hello, Taryn. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Where are you? I'm in Kentucky, outside Can... Louisville. I, I could almost hear your accent. Yeah, well, I'm from Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's switching it up on us here. Yeah. yeah. So how are your animals? I got Dr. Debbie right here. She can help. Oh, well, good. Yeah, we have a two-and-a-half-year-old Brittany Spaniel, and um, we bought her because we intend to breed her. We actually had a stud ready for her for her next heat cycle, but she appears to be pregnant. And from okay. all my research, all the symptoms that she have wouldn't be false pregnancy because she's too far out of heat. And okay. she's producing milk now. Okay. Um, I can't feel any puppies, though, you know, I've never had to feel for puppies before. She doesn't look bigger. Okay. But um, how do you know for and, sure? And no chance that there's a boy around, or is that well, kind you know, of a vague possibility? You know, unless something came in our yard <laughs> and we kenneled her for part of the time she was in heat. But it's possible, but we didn't see anything okay. happen. Well, never underestimate the power of hormones in dogs. Say. Boys and men, especially. And <laughs> all men. You said it, Hal. Yeah, I know. I know. I have. I have boys, and yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess the question and the answer to that is: both false pregnancies and a true pregnancy last typically about the same time. So, about sixty-four days is the general norm. So, you know, we're at that time frame where if we don't see puppies dropping and we don't really feel comfortable that this is a pregnancy. You can fix this um, or get the answer to the solution very quickly. Um, number one would be you can see your veterinarian and have an ultrasound done. That would be one of the most efficient ways at this point to see if we're pregnant. Okay. Um, the true reality is that false pregnancies are not uncommon, and dogs will go through all of those signs of pregnancy, including some weight gain, milk production, nesting behaviors, and even carrying around little dolls like babies. Right. So there isn't an easy answer when the pet is displaying those types of signs. Now, some of the hormonal effects may last beyond what a regular pregnancy would. Um, so that's where if it's getting past that 64-day period of time and there's no babies, sure. you know, you may still be going through some hormonal surges from this kind of whole uh, roller coaster okay, called the false pregnancy. Okay, because area is very swollen, and she has a rash. She's been licking herself constantly. And at first we thought maybe it was like allergies or, you know, some skin irritant. And then we started thinking, well... Hormone surges in women cause skin problems. Maybe, you know, now that we're thinking she's pregnant, would that be part Mm -hmm. of it? Could they even have that if they're not pregnant? Sure could. Either scenario. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, when you look at her, I mean, does she look like she's gained a tremendous amount of weight? Not a lot. She does look a little thicker, and her abdomen is a little, like they say, firmer, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it looks bigger. She looks like yeah. a cow. My boys think we should milk her. I mean, she's drinking oh, a lot of milk. <laughs> well, definitely. And that milk is kind of freaky because, you know, especially if, if we have a dog that we know has not been around male dogs and this happens, it's kind of like weird, huh? But, it's very you know, weird. Th- and it's not out of the realm of possibilities. We just, did, you know, we didn't let her go out and find a boyfriend. And we don't know what dog would have been in the yard. We just moved uh-huh. here. We had only been here a month before she went into heat. Is there, yeah. is there a stick that dogs can pee on, Doc? How do you find out? Is it a blood <laughs> test? Idea. And then, and then, if it's false pregnancy, would that show up as a positive also? 
You know, that's a great question on that. And I don't know that the human uh, pregnancy test can actually be used for uh, dogs. Um, but I'd say the easiest way I could suggest to, to kind of get to the root of this would be see the vet. Um, okay. You know, and if, if she were here and I could feel her belly, you know, I could probably tell you a little bit more as well. But I, I'd say for her safety and, you know, for if there is a pregnancy, you know, getting to see a veterinarian would be important. And there's also some benefits in that because if we have a pregnancy, a lot of times we will take x-rays of the babies so we know how many to anticipate. So there's some pre-planning steps that, you know, we don't always like these teenage pregnancies where they're unanticipated. We try to get ahead of them so we know what we're getting into. 15 or 16, we're so disappointed. (laughs) No, you said she's two years, right? Yeah, about two and a half. Okay. She's just a foolish young adult, that's all. Uh, (laughs) Gotta watch out for those foolish young adults. Well, good luck, and let us know how that uh, turns out there, Taryn. The Movie Man six-second DVD review starts now. Ben Affleck plays an accountant with autism. Turns out it's the movie with special needs. I'm out. Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit HappylandAudio.com. That's HappylandAudio.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Stealing from a sick animal might seem like a very low way to get a drug fix, but it does happen, and it happens a lot. Uh, Sadly, opioid abuse is rampant, and a survey from Baylor College of Medicine reveals to us a surprising number of pet owners are stealing their pets' medications, especially painkillers and namely the drug tramadol. Uh, with many vets reporting, they've actually witnessed in their own practices owners trying to get medication for themselves and inventing symptoms for their pets and reasons to get these prescriptions. Really? Yeah. Vets have been advised by the American Veterinary Medical Association. They have issued a statement suggesting that all vets give only a limited number of refills for prescription pain medications. Because of this opioid abuse, New Hampshire is now requiring veterinarians to check pet owners' names and their pets against a database of opioid prescriptions that is tracked by the prescription drug monitoring program there. And then the vets will have to check the names two more times in that year in case somebody's name later pops up as having a drug addiction. Wow. You know, and there's there's kind of like a little war that's going on with this. They're, they're saying, you know, vets are not trained to understand or even know, and how would they know if a human is addicted to drugs and what could happen if they denied somebody who's actually addicted to drugs and how do they counsel them or what do they do? So there's people on both sides of that one. Dr. Debbie, have you had any patients seek uh, opioids from you for their own use? And, and do you know about it? Yeah, you know, I think we've, sus- I've been suspicious of a uh, few people maybe over the years, you know, seeking tramadol, saying their pets needed it. But, you know, I see more commonly than that, I see people giving their own pet pain medicines to their dogs Ooh. and, uh, you know, not wanting to go spend and get another prescription. So they'll say, oh, I just got some at home. I'll just give it to my dog. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, wow. that, that will work. Yeah, well, if it shorts them on their pain medicine, that's the other thing. If it is an appropriate, you know, thing like tramadol that we use both in people and in dogs, but uh, see, yeah. I'm, what I'm thinking about is the animals that need that, and the owner is taking that medicine away from them. That's really the low of the low. Yeah, 
That is. And, and one would hope that's not the case, that, you know, maybe it's more someone making up a symptom and, you know, seeking in that way than actually taking it from a poor, you know, animal in pain. Now, when you yeah. prescribe opioids, do you uh, have to get information from the the, uh, the owner or driver's license or anything like that? No. As far as in our hospitals, you know, there's some controlled drugs that veterinarians will prescribe through their hospital, meaning they'll dispense them out. Um, for the most part, we do most of that through outside pharmacy. So we do stock some tramadol, but for the most part, um, for large quantities or other things that are like higher classes of um, prescription drugs, um, we'll send those through a human pharmacy. So they are kind of modern monitored through uh, um, oversight, um, and uh, someone else can be the police. That's not my job. <laughs> I'm a veterinarian, so I'm not out to arrest people and, and look for uh, that kind of fraud. Nor are you trained you for know, that. No, no. I, you know, I, I like to watch cop TV shows, but I'm really not going to practice that in my daily life. <laughs> now, kind of a, a downer thing here, another one, but it's something that I think is really important. Because given the relatively short lifespans of our pets, it's not unusual for those families who have children, for those kids to witness the realities of life kind of played out before their very own eyes with their pets. But children have to understand death in those moments and how they do. And those are pretty much, you know, largely ignored topics, according to some new research that's out. A professor of animal behavior, his name is Dr. Joshua Russell, says that children often see themselves as kind of like the center of their pet's universe and their affections. And they describe their pets as siblings or their best friends even. And it turns out that kids have a really distinct sense of fairness or unfairness of whether or not an animal lived until an appropriate age. It makes a big difference. Russell interviewed kids between 6 and 13 years of age and found that the children felt a short lifespan is normal for hamsters and fish, but apparently the kids had trouble accepting early deaths for dogs, cats, and even rabbits. Hmm. And children whose pets lived... Uh, the extent of their potential lifetimes or beyond, you know, who had lived to an old age, expressed more acceptance of those deaths after their pets had gone. Mm. But uh, they say, conversely, children whose pets died unexpectedly or tragically described it as emotionally and morally unfair and had a much more difficult time reconciling the loss. You know, you think, because sometimes parents just say, oh, they've gone to heaven, you know, you cross the rainbow bridge. Well, what is the rainbow bridge? You know, it brings up a lot of questions, but hopefully now maybe some of us will have a little bit more understanding of how, how serious and what a big deal it is to kids. Sure. It's a big are, deal are to adults. Are talking about therapy, though, to, um, for, for, for these kids? Because that, that's where I, I got to say. I don't know. Maybe I grew up in a different time. The dog died. Your father dug a hole. You helped him put the dog in a hole, and you covered it. You and you mourned a little bit. But I hope they're not talking about therapy. No, they're not talking about therapy. But I personally don't think that would be a bad idea. I mean, some people are just, um, you know, it all depends on how you're raised, too, because you only know what you know. But if that helps somebody get over, uh, you know, a really close relationship, because who knows really how kids process things. And adults, too. You know, you're just talking about <laughs> kids. Damn. Oh, yeah. As an adult has been, I mean, I've had some really tough ones to get over. Mm-hmm. But I, I've got something that may make you laugh now. Whole okay. Different subject. Okay. okay. I thought this was one of the funniest stories, and it just came out last month. 
and after the month before, after the November elections, hopefully we've all found our, our sense of humor again and gotten over all that because this is hysterical. And as an animal lover, I hope you will appreciate it too. Google now has an extension. Is an extension the same as an app? You know, I don't know. I really don't, I don't know. don't know. Okay. But in, in Google Chrome, they call it an extension. Okay. Uh, for their browser, which is called Chrome. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. This extension is called Make America Kittens Again. <laughs> okay. And what it does, what it does, it replaces pictures on the Internet of Donald Trump, our president-elect, oh. with pictures of adorable kittens. This is great. This is great because I'm having a lot of trouble surfing the Internet right now because I run into this Trump guy, pictures of it, and I just I give up. So now I'm so glad somebody's actually come up with a good idea. I want that. Isn't that awesome? I'm switching to Chrome today. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. What a great way to spread the cheer of animals. Really? I'm Lori Brooks. You can get more breaking animal news anytime at Animal Radio. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, five New Year's resolutions for the pet world. Another year has ended, and as we begin the next one, promises of change and doing better are bouncing through our minds. So I thought I'd give you a gentle reminder that your pets need to be included in your 2017 resolutions. Number one, get your pet's identification microchips and paperwork updated. I know we've all promised this before, so stop what you're doing, and as a famous sports philosopher says, just do it for the sake of your pets. If your pet isn't already microchipped, what are you waiting for? Please don't tell me that your pets can't get out or get lost. They can, and if it happens, your best chance of being reunited with them is by having them microchipped. If you do have them microchipped, update their information and make sure that your local shelters have microchip readers that would read the actual chip inside your pet. Verify that it's working, it's accurate, and that the information on file will bring them home to you. Number two is time. Resolution number two is so simple that if you don't do it, I hope your pet will cone of shame you at some point this year. Spend some extra time learning about your pet each day. I don't mean sipping tea and discussing your favorite books, though I have found that Zoe has great taste in books. What I do mean is actually getting to know your pet by really studying their body and behaviors and noting changes that may not have been there the last time you looked. Number three, learn something to improve your pet's lives. Learn something this year with them or for them. Maybe you'll learn a new sport or activity that you can do together. Or maybe you'll take the time to learn more about what benefits your pets, what harms your pets, or what you can do to enhance their lives. There's a lot of great information out there, so it's going to be easy for you to achieve improvement this year. Number four, 
Help your pet be more healthy this year. From nutrition to play to mental stimulation, fill 2017 with a healthy outlook and activities that will give them a healthy change that is sustainable and makes a difference for them and for you. Number five, begin a daily or weekly pet journal, something that takes just 15 minutes to do daily. What did you and your pet do today? What was their behavior like? What was their health like? What special moment occurred that you will cherish? I use my pet journal today to communicate with my pet healthcare team. I'm able to give them updates on their health, their care, and what's happening normally, as well as what's out of the normal. Something I learned last year when sugar passed was that I would also look back fondly and treasure these notes about my soul dog and our other pets and our daily interactions. Do you have a New Year's pet resolution? If so, share it with us on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Lightning. Hey, bud, Joe Pal Lightning. I was just hanging out in the old cloud of Rue here. thought I'd give you a call. <laughs> I hope you're still not sore about that time uh, I deep-fried your big-screen TV with that bolt. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to pay you back for that one, <laughs> for sure. Uh, a little short on cash at the moment, but uh, any day now. <laughs> yep. Well, anywho, talk later. Lightning won't pay for the damage it causes. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. I forget if it was you, Lori, or if it was you, Joey, telling me about uh, In-N-Out Burgers. They have the uh, special uh, meal for uh, dogs. Oh, yeah. If you go through yeah, the drive through Like a burger. I know. A that, plain patty. That, a plain patty. And they that actually was Lori. Was it Lori? Because I knew about the secret menu for, 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 for people. I didn't know the dog one. <laughs> well, when you go through the drive through and you have your animal with you, it's always very tough because they they smell the food and they, they want the food. They want it, sure. And you really don't want to share that food with them because it's... Uh, it's, you shouldn't even be I eating know, it yourself. I know, it's bad for you. You sure as heck, you know, at least you got the choice. Your animal, you can't feed it junk. But you'll love our next guest and what she's done. Amanda Brown is joining us, and they have a place called Bane Invaders Doggy drive Through, And I believe it is specifically and only for dogs. And we welcome her to the show. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. Now, you're in Easton, Pennsylvania. Is that correct? Correct. And that's yeah. where you have a uh, doggy drive-thru, uh, it's sort of like a, a restaurant, is it? A fast food restaurant for doggies? Uh, yeah, sort of. It's more or less, it's like a little hut, um, and it has uh, drive-thru windows on both sides, so you can just drive up. And a lot of people bring their dogs, so it's super fun, and you just place an order, and uh, we make it fresh, custom for you right there, and then um, send you on your way. So it, it's fun. We love it. So, Do you serve human food there? No, we don't. Actually, um, I, thought, I was thinking about serving like coffee or bottled soda or something, and apparently the health inspector said that I, that's not an option. So You can't do that. Um, <laughs> what is it you serve? What kind of dog food do you serve? So I partner with Fresh Pet. Um, they, they make all fresh uh, meat, fruits, vegetables. That's the, that's the base of our meal. So you get to come in, um, drive up, and pick a Fresh Pet base. Um, so we have we have grain, grain-free, and raw, so there's three different options. And um, from there, you then get to add two toppings. So we have fresh fruits and vegetables, like sweet potatoes, carrots, all um, like boiled fresh daily. 
um, fresh strawberries, watermelon, um, some other uh, fruits and vegetables as well. And then you can also, for a little bit more, add some toppings. How's business going? It's going well. I mean, it's only been about two and a half months. Uh, you know what? Do you have a landline, Amanda? Can we call you back on a landline? Your cell seems to be cutting out here. Yes. Oh, hold on, I'm going to put you back on with Judy. It's Animal Radio, and uh, we're getting Amanda back on the phone. She has a drive-through dog. It's a doggy drive-through. You won't find any human food there; just food for your doggy. And it looks like pretty healthy food. It's in Easton, Pennsylvania, which is, I guess, if you're listening on uh, WEEU, uh, this is in your territory there. So, we, do we have her back? Okay, we. I believe we have her back. Are you there? Hi, I'm here. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, so better? much better. So okay. much better. So how is business going? Do you find that there are lines of cars, or is it is it going tough, or what? Both. I mean, on the weekend, it's awesome. And in Pennsylvania now, it's winter. So I always pictured winter to be, you know, sort of a downtime. Um, but the first month was amazing. I know that's how how and what it should and could be. Um, the first weekend, we had about 90 cars come through. Wow. You know, it's exciting, and I know it can you know, can be, you know, something awesome. I just have to stick with it. So that's that's where I'm at right now. I keep telling myself, build it and they will come. Yes. So. <laughs> I know a lot of fast foods won't serve people if they walk up to the window without a car. Do you get a lot of dogs that come up to your window without people? <laughs> uh, no, but we do. Um, some people do walk through. Would it be safe to say you're the only doggy drive through in the country? Um, well, we're there is a there is a company called a doggy i think it's called doggy drive through and she does something i think she sells um like biscuits and they have some other stuff like that but what we're doing is yeah there's nothing comparable to it how did you come up with the idea uh, i read an article about a year and a half ago that's stating that fast food is literally going to the dogs and it's just basically said that there's a, a high percentage of people that even go through the drive through or either getting something for their dog or specifically going there for their dog. So I thought, like, well, if that's the case, like, why not do something that is healthy? You know, it's fun and it's healthy for them. It's not, you know, a cheeseburger that's made out of I don't even know. <laughs> um, so yeah. that's sort of where, you know, I thought, oh, this could be cool. So it took a little while to get it, get it set up, but um, now we're moving along, so... I like how it's healthy food because I'll tell you, fast food has turned Americans into big, fat, greasy mm-hmm. people. And I certainly don't want to see that happen with the dogs with the drive throughs now. Yeah, <laughs> you're not kidding. I know. I know. I'm excited. I, you know, I think the response we've gotten so far is great. I've had a bunch of um, people, a bunch of customers have returned multiple times. Some people come two, three times a week, so it's fun. Um, I think it could be awesome and, you know, a place where the, it's, sunny all the time and nice and warm okay it's called bane invaders and you can go to the website at baneinvaders.com that's spelled b-a-n-e-a-n-d-v-a-d-e-r-s.com and of course we have links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com amanda good luck keep it up and uh let's check in maybe in the summer and see how it's going okay Okay, yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for letting me get on. Yes, of course. There you go. Another great entrepreneur. That's a great idea. Tapping into the uh, pet business. Suddenly I'm hungry for some big, greasy cheeseburgers. I (laughs) don't know why. Okay, time for us to get on out of here. Ladybug wants to uh, play with her new toys that she got for Christmas. And I don't blame her. They're actually pretty cool little toys. That one actually looks like a real raccoon. 
Oh, that is a real raccoon. You know what? You might want to get her away from that. How do they use uh, I wanted to say before we left that if you have a Shih Tzu, a Pug, a Yorkshire Terrier, or a Mini Schnauzer, our very own Dr. Debbie has a great online book. It's a Kindle book called How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. Uh, we have links over at AnimalRadio.com, or you can just head on over to Amazon. Download the Animal Radio app and get your fix at AnimalRadio.pet. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See ya next week. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.